right. Welcome to the Circulate MKE podcast, where we go from the market to the mic and we meet our makers. Today we have some special guests, and uh, I would actually from La Revo Books, and I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourself. And when you do, like dig in a little deeper, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Since I'm the oldest. So I am. Are you guys sisters? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I did know that. But now I for Not sure know that. Not a lot of people that. know it. Sure Sometimes. Know yes. Yeah. So I am Barbara Cerda and I am co-founder of La Revo Books. I co-founded this uh, business with my sister. We started last year. And I am from the south side of Milwaukee, born and raised. My dad is from Jalisco, Mexico, and my mom is also from the south side of Milwaukee. Uh, and her parents are, you know, Mexican parents. Um, but I'm a mom. I have three daughters. And I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> I gave her the idea. My birthday was last week. So. <laughs> Dang, you were almost a Pisces. Okay. Yeah. What what are the um what are the personality traits of an Aquarius? Creativity. Okay. Um I want to say non-organized, but I know some Aquarius says Aquarii. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know Quirai? some that are pretty organized, but I I would say creativity is the the okay. biggest trait. So, my name is Valeria Cerda, she her. Um, I'm based, live in Milwaukee, work, live, play in Milwaukee. Um, also born and raised, very close with Barbara, we're sisters. Mm. I'm the middle child. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we founded La Revu Books. We're about to be a year old in March. And one, it went really quickly, but two, we had also been thinking about this for a while. Okay. So it wasn't just like... I don't really think of it as a year old because also it took me a number of years to feel like, okay, I have all the tools in my tool belt. I'm ready to go. Like, I feel like I have everything I need to like get it started. I think also part of it was like confidence. I had to build confidence over the years to feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I'm ready to go. Um, so it does feel like it's older. Is it but a Pisces? I don't know. Is, it? is the store a Pisces? Well, it depends when in March. Eighth. It's a Pisces. <laughs> I know nothing about clearly, Pisces. Clearly somebody else is a Pisces yeah. on this podcast. But. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun and it's been really rewarding. And then also there's times where it's difficult. Like, I think last night we were working till like almost 10 p.m. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a little this, a little that. Life What's of an sign? entrepreneur. Yeah, what is your sign? Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I have Scorpio sister. You oh, know yeah. her, Fabiana. I have two Scorpio sisters. And you guys are interesting. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's fun, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Everyone has, like, really negative traits to assign to Scorpios, but we also get stuff done, so. Yeah. They're, I have I, so much that I could dig into that. But <laughs> we gonna, I mean, let me just say, I get along with Scorpios. But it's also because... I understand how to create boundaries with Scorpios. Yeah. <laughs> and but but you're right. You guys are a lot of fun. You get a lot done, high energy. Mm -hmm. And but it's an interesting contrast, especially for you guys as sisters to mm -hmm. be working with each other. 
and to have to manage the relationship of sisterhood Mm -hmm. and business. And I mean, you said you're a mother. What what other interesting things about you did you want to share with us? Um, I wouldn't go as far to say I'm a jack of all trades, but I think I do have interesting skill sets that I feel really define the way that I work or think. Okay. I actually like, so we I have a day job. <laughs> so La Revo Books is like our, what we do for fun, like yeah. after work. But I actually work in like data and um, database management. And I train people how to like use data systems and track data and stuff like that. But not like in the dry, crusty way where you think about data, <laughs> but like in a way that like centers like anti-colonial practices and data wow. collection. Um, so you're not like walking around you know, trying to run campaigns and feel like you you have the right to people's information and they should be giving it to you, but also like with a lens that's like not so like white based on white supremacy. So yeah. uh, that's something I, I really like to do and think about. Um, yeah, and I try to think of other identities I hold. I think I'm a mentor to the people, either if it's officially or non officially. Um, and I'm really close with my family. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of my identity is tied to like being like a daughter and a sister and an aunt. Mm. Um, yeah. That's dope. Well, welcome guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting us. I can't believe La Revo is only a year old. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, the there's two things that come to my mind on how that could be possible. Is one, you guys are really great at marketing. <laughs> And two, you have really great, authentic ties to the community. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. How is it possible that Larevo could only be a year old, but you guys have like such a great reputation and you're so established already? And I, I think, I feel like everybody knows about Larevo. That's sweet. <laughs> that really is. Um, I say this kind of more often than what I, than what I think about, but... I feel like it's uh, a place that has lived in our, like lived within us. Mm. Like people will be like, where is La Revo? And I'm like, it's in your heart and it is in your mind. Like yeah. it is inside of you. But it's, um, it's the, it's, so we, La Revo Books is a bookstore and it is, uh, specializes in Latinx literature and libros en español. And, it's something that we've needed in our community for mm-hmm. a really long time, mm-hmm. and we didn't know that we needed it until, you know, here we are now. And I was telling Valeria, I can't see ourselves not existing anymore. Yeah, I think like it does feel longer, also because I don't think ourselves as like a traditional business. It's like swoops in. It's like here, like, but I think I think it's more than that. At least to me and the way we like choose to run and how we run. Um, I mean, sometimes I, I like, I would like to say, yeah, like we did choose like a business to be the model of how we want to like fulfill, like what, what we think is important. But I think in a lot of ways it, it is like really mission-based and like people-based Yeah. where, you know, a majority of like our stock and our inventory is because uh, people have either like, as like directly asked us for it, or it's like, in response to like what you see that's happening in our community and our world. Yeah. And so that's like how we choose to stock up. Um, so yeah, it, it does feel longer because of that. And, you know, we've been like brewing and like working with these like 
relationships with people that we know for like our whole our entire life. Right. So it's not that like we've necessarily like just popped up and like people are like, who is this? But they just know it's something, another part of us. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's being able to identify your community is one of the assets to the bu- business. Yeah. And, and really including them in that process is a great strategy for them to feel like involved in some ownership in the value of the business itself. Why books? Why not? <laughs> we are in the we are in the age of media. You know, young people have computers in their hand all the time, just their phones. And you know, it's the it's the era of the the ebooks and yeah. the da, 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 da. So talk to me. Why why put effort towards ensuring that we have books? I mean, it's information, right? Like that's what people have in their hands is information. And mm-hmm. we're not like in any way that information comes, like we're for that, right? It's not that like it's not a this or that, right? It's like an and. Mm. So like you can have ebooks and you can have people who tell you stories and you can have like information written on like scrap pieces of paper or you can have a book, right? Like it's not you're either team paper or team digital, right? You could be both and you can be team like audiobook and you can be team like I get my news from the Facebook and whatever it may be. Like, I don't think it's like a, it's it's not an or, it's an and. Um, and that's why we think like books are important. And we also live in an age where like information is attacked mm. and specifically like our histories, yes. our cultures, like, and we're also in an age where like books are still being banned and there's Absolutely. laws being created to like stop people from like actually sharing like our stories in the in our voice. And so like that's why books and I think even more than that. And that's why we choose storytelling because mm-hmm. um, that's really important to us. Like I think as a part of our identity, like I maybe didn't know it soon enough, like how much violence has been inflicted towards our community by attacking our literature like yeah i don't think i think people can i guess they can relate to the feeling of like knowing that books their books were burned you know and there's like this sort of anger that like bubbles up and you're not sure like what to do with it but once you realize that you could start elevating literature that's like alive and well in our communities now like i think it's a way that you can channel some of that anger and like make sure that you know that we're still out here. So anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I was thinking about your question in terms of like an experience, like, Mm -hmm. yes, why not books, but it's also an experience to receive a book, to have a new book in your hands, to flip through the pages. Mm -hmm. We brought you a book. Ah, yes. (laughs) Hold on. I'm like, I had to think about that for a second. Yes, I am a lover. (laughs) I am a lover of books. Even this, this time we were just talking about ASMR. (laughs) The feel, the smell, like you're going to get me excited. Books take me back to childhood. Yeah. And, you know, just I'm I'm a mother too. But even beyond being a mother, I'm an aunt and I'm a community mother. And so oftentimes when young people are getting to that adulthood part of their life where they're becoming parents, I'm like, don't rush your children to media because you're thinking something small. You're thinking cartoon, you're thinking, you know, reading or interactive games. And I'm like, that is a whole nother world. That's a whole nother realm. Let them get lost in themselves. 
with a book. Oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. See? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I have a library in my home. And I have a library that, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's Recitative by Toni Morrison. This is great. This is not on my shelf, and I cannot wait to start reading. With stickers. I love stickers. And a bookmark. I appreciate y'all so much. I keep a children's bookshelf. <clears throat> so in my library, I have like a larger bookshelf has all kinds of books, healthy eating, history, and uh, different inspirational poetry books. And then across from it is a smaller bookshelf. And it has like um, all kinds of books for the young ones. Everything from like Diary of a Wimpy Kid to like short stories on like Frida Kahlo and mm-hmm. different uh, cultural contexts for the kids. And they know, it's a thing. But when you sit in my library, you cannot take your electronics in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is where you entertain yourself. And I have some toys in there, too. So, like, the little ones will go in there. And, I mean, they'll be in the middle of watching a cartoon or doing whatever they do because, I mean, the reality of what a young person's life is now. And then at some point, they're going to migrate in there and they're going to leave their electronics yeah. out just because that's the rule. And they're going to be reading to each other while somebody's playing with the dinosaurs. And it's like... It just warms my heart. But guess who goes in there by herself? And I don't always go to the adult bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is so amazing. And you, yep. And you read Thank the children's you. books. You're welcome. Absolutely. I, I read <clears throat> to my youngest all the time. And I feel like I get so much from the 15 pages that are in a book. But so exciting. Yeah. We're, we are very excited to be able to have this bookstore that is for the community it's you know it's by the community absolutely you know, everything like Valeria said everything that's on our shelves it's because it was recommended by someone else mm. um you know whether that was on instagram you know that they reached out or if it was a pop-up and that's how we've been operating we don't have a physical location but you know we're online we're on social medias um and and we also go to pop-up shops yeah um, and markets like the circulate market <laughs> that we were um, that we experienced for the first time over the summer. You guys literally made it feel like there was a library at the market. Like, because I, I like how your setup is also a gathering place. Yeah, I, I thought it was really brilliant to like you. You almost created like a little uh, market in the market, or like mm-hmm. even a living room, maybe yeah. even because it felt chairs, a little more room. comfortable like that. Yeah. It was like a living room. People were sitting. Re- I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And now, did you did your like first home. market start like that? Your first market setup? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It did. It did. Yeah, we. I was telling Barbara. I I can't remember what our first market was. What was it? It was um, Viva MKE. Yeah, Viva MKE, okay. and I had no, told her. No, it was the. Salvador, oh yeah. El Viva El Salvador. Yeah. So we did it actually at a gym. There was a lifting competition that was benefiting a gym in El Salvador. So we had curated a selection of um, books by autores salvadoreños um, that were like children's books, novels. Um, And and one like was like about like fat phobia because we were at a gym. So I was like, we gotta have this. But yeah, like I had told Barbara, like we need to do something special for a pop-up setup because I don't want it to be like just a table with like books stacked. Like how could we like engage like books is something different, what you're shopping for, 
you know, people spend more time, I think, at our booth at times because not because maybe they're they're so like they want to get all this stuff. Right. But people will buy one book and probably spend like 15 minutes shopping for that book. Yeah. Because it's a different interaction when you're like trying to build a relationship with the book, whether you feel like yeah. you're interested in it. Um, so, yeah, it was even though those chairs got hot, we did it because yeah. <laughs> they're black. That's really <laughs> smart. You guys, th- to think about your product specifically and the relationship that your customer needs to have mm-hmm. with finding that product and then to curate a space that will cater to that, that's really smart. And and you had asked me early on about you know who the audience is and one of the things that we've talked about on these podcasts are the growing experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a vendor, sometimes that that anxiousness because you have this product and we, I think we're all really, especially on this level of entrepreneurialism and like coming from the community for the community, mm-hmm. it comes with a certain sense of uh, authenticity that makes you understand the value of the responsibility and that can create a certain sense of anxiety around it. Right. And so people come in and they're like trying to figure it all out and then you kind of watch the other vendors and how they move and the decisions that they're making. And we learn from each other. So I think like that within itself would be if, you, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, take pause and think about your own product. Think about your customer mm-hmm. and how the way that you set up allows them to have a relationship with that buying experience. Even within a market, you're still your own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about it in terms of, OK, if I was if I was buying this product for myself, what are my needs mm. or like what is it that I'm looking for you know and in, in this case it's books right like you're you're not just gonna pick up just any book you're gonna sit down you're gonna open it up you're gonna look through the pages so it's like okay we have to curate this we have to make this space feel that welcoming that home we brought a rug yeah <laughs> it's been we through a lot it's been through we a lot like, yeah <laughs> It was, it's, it's challenging. Like yeah. It's challenging yeah. to create this, like, this space and, and make it look and feel like home um, because you're in front of people for only, you know, three, four hours. And yeah. it just goes, it takes a yeah. lot of work and a lot of thought. Um, but it's not that it can't be done. Yeah. Right. It can be done. Um, and you have to think about what makes your product or your business like special to you and that's we talk about branding a lot Mm -hmm. um and and we really want it like the entire brand right like the from the logo to the colors to you know what our posts look like um the merchandise that we're selling like we want it we want it to be authentic and and when you're building your business you you have to um you have to create like the product and, and, and your marketing and all that and shape that so that people know that it's you mm-hmm. coming through. Like you have to yes. show your true self. Yeah. And I think as you were talking about like the experience that we try to create at pop-ups, I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder if other vendors experience, like sometimes we're fighting for seats at our, like, <laughs> at our stand like my mom will come Barbara's kids will come other friends will come (laughs) and they'll just sit down plop down and like they'll hang out for like the entire market yeah 
And I like sometimes just look around and pause and I'm like, is anyone else experiencing this? Because I think like we've also created a community where people will come visit us. And even if they're just coming to hang out, I think that's also been a part of like creating a home. Um, Because I don't think it's so much that we're trying to mimic that you're in a bookstore, but I think it's like we always got to have more than two chairs because we know people are going to come and we have some extra ones in the truck. And if so-and-so comes, then we got to go get them. And, And I think that's also been like the fun part of like, being able to connect with folks, even if they're not yeah. buying anything, they're just was, hanging out. I yeah. was just thinking that maybe for pop-ups this year, we should like buy two, like two spaces. <laughs> yeah. One, a oh, that's space. not a bad idea. Uh, do like a sitting space and then, yeah. Um, and then like the, the lounge area, the pro- like the product space or something. Yes. Yeah. Hear this business development on the mic right yeah. now mm-hmm. in real time. Idea. <laughs> like, hmm, Have you had coffee yeah. today? Sounds like you did. <laughs> How can we get a two for one <laughs> special? Well, you can literally <laughs> talk to me about it because I, I mean the circulate market for for us thinking about this as being a community product we want people to feel like they stepped into another country we want to eliminate the idea that your children are not welcome mm-hmm. we want to eliminate the idea that anybody is coming there to uh, be criminalized mm-hmm. and that's why we keep the music cultural we keep the vibe we actually have like seating area for food and we create a children's area yeah. so that yeah, people that can nice. come and stay I'm laughing hysterically inside as you're saying this because my whole family is sprinkled throughout the market yeah and they act like it's our other like it's a family reunion it's yeah. a cookout <laughs> which is great which is great you know and so yes, I and I think that's one thing that it did stand out to myself and Fidel when y'all set up. We were like, oh, they fit. This this is perfect. They totally fit. And we loved the space that you guys took up, and we loved the way that you curated it. And so, in in the sense of okay, so two things, because we do a children's area, mm-hmm. and and we're and we're intentional. We think about the children's area. So if we do an outdoor market, we move it the furthest away from the street. If we're in a indoor space, we'll kind of centralize it so that no matter where you are as a parent, you can see. see. And then we'll work with some of our community members and or youth to help like support that children's area to have a certain level of you know safety. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is everybody ends up taking care of each other's children. That village sense, the some that is very authentic to us mm-hmm. and to diverse indigenous communities versus, like you said, that kind of like that. Um, colonized systemic kind of way of mm-hmm. being in public spaces and feeling like you're not safe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I would love to continue to talk about it, when you guys do the next markets, like how do we maybe co-curate those spaces then? Yeah. Because especially when you're talking about books, uh, it yes, it draws adults, but I know the level of like, you know, children's peak of interest that it draws. Right. So that's one. And then I'm wondering, have you guys ever talk to say ACLU they do a banned books workshop and Mm. they have presented to young people that I've worked with many times because we're we're huge advocates of two things reading but also research you know especially in the stage of media like the whole fake news like people can just put information out there and if you're not aware that this is that there's a battle Mm -hmm. going on based on how our minds are influenced you'll you'll be susceptible to consuming just about anything Mm -hmm. and books are revolutionary Mm -hmm. love the name of your 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 uh, business and so the the way that certain books can completely change people's lives exactly. is 
it's real, which is why ACLU understands the value of this banned books workshop. So to take maybe a partnership of somebody who is advocating for the right to have books that teach our culture, mm-hmm. that, that show how people have organized for change in the past, and then actually pair them with somebody like you who has those books, I just think that might be an awesome, awesome consideration, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I was even, I remember when we had Banned Books Week, and I think I put it on one of our posts. I'm like, why are books banned, though? Like, there's so, there's some books that you're just like, really? This is a banned book? Like, and, and it kind of goes back to, like, well, people try to silence your stories. And, we like, Banned Books Week, like, for me is, like, are we reading books that are good or bad? And, and I think, like, even more than that, I think it's also a week where, like, you celebrate kind of, like, the most challenged stories and realities because it's just kind of wild what books they considered banned. Like, yeah. Another thing about banned books, I just did, we just did an interview with the, with the journal, Milwaukee Journal, but huh. um, we were talking about, so they asked, they had asked for recommendations for books, and I'm like, uh, well, um, you know, I recommended for brown girls with sharp tongues, mm-hmm. I recommended uh, revolutionary mothering and hood feminism, and then I was like, wait. Don't put that in the story, because then they're going to ban them. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they are like that other is... people are going to see wow. this, and they're going to ban these books. And she's like, no, hold on. <laughs> Banned books are the ones that get bought the most. Oh, like, oh yeah. That brings that, that negative attention, and then people are like, oh, this is banned, and then that makes the book sales go up. So I was like, hmm. So I started doing some research, and yeah, there's there's a book that was just banned. It's called Mouse, um, and that was like all over the news because it is a comic book about the Holocaust, and they just banned it in in, in some schools and you know across the nation. And the woman, you know, the woman that I was doing the interview with, she was like, I'm trying to get a hold of this book and it's sold out everywhere. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. well, we have a used copy of it in our store. Just so <laughs> <laughs> and it's still there. So, so yeah, so there's like that, is it like, what is a, that term called? Like a double edged sword? sword. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, they're banned, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's like raising the awareness through the community because really they're banning books to our children. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying, it's like you said, it's mind control. Mm-hmm. And if you hear, if there are stories that spark our young people to think outside the box and advocate for themselves and to mobilize, that's what they don't yeah, want to they happen. Don't, they don't want us to think. <laughs> they don't want us to think. Like. Yeah, or something that like pisses someone off, you know? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I remember my angry brown girl stage. No, I mean, like, you know, you're still there, right? But you find ways to work through it. And yeah. I mean, at least for me, that was like the new community, like being with people yeah. who also were there. For sure. I mean, emotions are real. None of our emotions are wrong. It's what we do right. with them. I learned a long time ago that even emotions get suppressed by titles. So what does it mean to be angry? That mm-hmm. means I'm being hurt something is being withheld from me. That means I don't understand something. Mm -hmm. And so to even, like, to label, especially women of color, as aggressive or angry, like, you're minimizing what's actually happening. You're Mm -hmm. minimizing what we actually understand. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when you don't feel heard or you don't feel understood? You suppress. You shut down. 
And so that fight goes internal instead of external. So that that is a great moment mm -hmm. when you understand that you can take that energy and do something else with it mm -hmm. and, you know, make some change in the world. Right. And even that, like, it puts, like, the responsibility on you. Like, people will say angry brown girl, but they won't say exploit it. You know, <laughs> like, because then it puts the responsibility somewhere else. So. So tell people how they can get in touch with Varevo Books outside of markets, like what's your social media, where where can you be contacted at? Um, so we are on Instagram at Larevo Books, L-A-R-E-V-O-B-O-O-K-S, and the same on Facebook, Larevo Books. We are on Twitter, we are on Twitter. We don't post a whole lot, but. We try. Yeah. It's a lot but of social media. Also, another good way to get a hold of us is going on the website, www.larevobooks.com, and signing up for our mailing list. Awesome. We're planning on juicing that up this year mm -hmm. and um, sending out more newsletter type things. So Awesome. Do you ever do book drives? Interesting relationship we have with Barbie the Book Fairy. So Barbie the Book Fairy is a different program that if anyone wants to do book drives, if they want to donate, we actually refer people to Barbie the Book Fairy. So La Revo Books doesn't accept donations, but we do push all those donations to Barbie the Book Fairy so that those can go out to little libraries on the South Side. Nice. Yeah. So that's a, another community organization that we founded uh, through, during the pandemic and we collect new and used books and refill the free, free little libraries. Uh, but in addition... Wait, you guys are little book fairy? Barbie the book fairy. Barbie, she's Barbie the book fairy. Me. It's all coming together. Yeah. yeah. Barbie the, you're Barbie the book fairy. I'm Barbie the book fairy. Well, hello. She hello, takes off I her mask you. and out her wings. Yes. <laughs> Forget a tooth fairy. We got Barbie in the house. Okay. So tell us more about that. Oh, so so I collect new and used books. Um, so I have a bunch of books in my garage. Um, in addition to, you know, I refill the free little libraries in the hood. Um, and I've been mainly on the south side right now just because, like, it's it's just Distance, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've also been donating to organizations that are looking for books. Uh, so I've been trying to, you know, get more black and brown books into my storage space so that I can give those ones out into the community. But it's challenging because, you know, you get a nice book and you don't want to give it away like it becomes yours. So I understand, you know, when people don't want to give away their own books. Um, but I do, you know, I do have books that I give to programs too. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have a whole kind of like a for-profit, non-profit, <laughs> grassroots model here. That's that's pretty yeah. dope. It's not a non-profit though. It's just... It's just me. Like it's just yeah, a I, program, right? Grassroots model. I get there you it. go. It's just, yeah, <laughs> we're clear. <laughs> okay, they're clear now. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming today. I'm wondering if there's any final thoughts or anything else that you would like to share about, I don't know, your think, business. Like what don't people know that this is a chance to really um, just share? Well, I think the first thing I'll share is why I picked this book. For you all. Okay. And then the second thing, it'll be about the business. But I picked this book. Um, so I actually read this book audiobook. So I didn't like read it, but it did mean something different when I picked it up and saw it. For sure. Um, but it's actually very poetic and it's very, um, it's all about the words that they use because the book is about race that doesn't actually say the race of any of the characters. 
Oh, that's exciting. Uh, so it was one of Toni Morrison's only short stories. Hmm. So I picked this uh, because one for me, audiobook was fine, but I also would like to give the gift of someone being able to read the words. So uh, it's incredibly poetic and challenging because you try to prescribe races to people and then it starts to make you question your own perceptions of what characteristics belong to what race. Mm. So it's a challenge and it's also very well written. So that's why I picked that book. And secondly, I guess another thing I do want to share about La Revu books is we talk a lot about how it's a place where you can find a piece of identity of your identity on our shelves. Um, so encourage people to reach out to us if you look if you're looking for a certain book or you want a suggestion. We're always open. We're also very open to suggestions of like what we should be stocking because we want to make sure we're very representative of like our community and like what are the needs. So, yeah. And if you want to get involved or, you know, just come hang out with us, like we're also really open to that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And encouraging people who who actually some of our like surprise customers are people who say, well, I'm not a reader. And they'll take home a couple books. So especially like if you don't consider yourself a reader, we especially encourage you. That's to our visit. ideal audience. I listened to some of the yeah. podcasts <laughs> and I heard some of the questions you were asking. And our yeah. ideal, uh, like our ideal customer is someone who says, I don't mm. read books. Yeah. I don't like to read. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's what I want to share. We appreciate you. you having us on. Yes, this was really fabulous. I, um, I really, I really loved the episodes that I heard this morning. Um, Thank you. And you actually wanted to offer some feedback yes, on something. I have some ideas. Um, share, <laughs> share. But I'm, I'm gonna continue listening. But I really love the space that you created for other entrepreneurs to hear about each other. So I'm really looking forward to. Um, getting to know other entrepreneurs that you bring in here. But I had an idea for your niece who does nails. Yes, this um, is Nails by Inanna. Nana, I hope you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Valeria and I went to a pop-up in Chicago uh, in, you know, in the summer. And there, was, uh, there were two nail techs who sold press-on nails. Oh, they were really pretty. Yeah. They are beautiful. So they had their set, their, you know, the glue, everything, the cuticle oil, even. Uh -huh. I heard that um, Fabi was going to make some special cuticle oil for, mm -hmm. um, for Nana. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that maybe she could sell press-on nails because I'd buy them. That is great advice. Thank you so much. Thank All right, you. ladies, you guys have been so awesome. The energy, the gift of the book. Uh, we appreciate this. And, you know, keep grinding. You guys are in the community and doing what you do for all the right reasons. Thank you. All right. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for listening, folks. Peace. Bye.